Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out important news. And he's done it again today. With us is Brent Swen, President, Executive Chairman of Logic Trades, both in Canada under LGIQ and the US on the NEO and the OTCQX LGIQ. For those of you new to the story, because you saw the headline about third quarter preliminary revenues, great numbers. This is what you need to know about the company first. I love it because they're the, the way I describe them is they're the Agoracom of the e-commerce world. So just like Agoracom helps small mid-cap companies win the attention of investors, Logic helps small and medium businesses compete against mega brands and e-commerce, which by the way, uh, that market surpassed $9 trillion in 2019, but mega, mega brands control about 70% of the US market alone make it harder for small and medium business to compete. That's where Logic comes in. More than just lip service, they're an award-winning e-commerce and fintech solutions company. Revenues in 2020, $38 million. So they're not just talking the talk, they're walking the talk, they're walking the walk. That came in from two divisions. And today's news, the headline, Logic sees Q3 revenue exceeding 7.7 million with gross margins nearly doubling to more than 29%. I think that's the big that's the big part of the headline. Brent, welcome back. Congratulations. I know it's not officially filed, but when you put up preliminary revenues, you probably have a pretty strong sense of the number that you're going to put out there. We do. Thank you. Um, we, what we are the most excited about, George, is that um, gross margins have have more than doubled year over year. Big. And that's important that, as you know, that's extremely important in our industry because institutional investors take a look at that and they want to see um, similarities to the, the big cap ones um, that have gotten there by, by way of building their margins up and certainly uh, layering on the clients and expanding revenues. And that's no easy thing to do, right? Just a double margins at the end of the day. <laughs> Uh, we're going to go over some detail. You're going to, you're going to share some slides, some slides with us, but tell us in the meantime, like ballpark, how are you able to do that? How are you able to double margins, which is so important to every business on the planet? It's, it, it, it was, it was certainly not a, a, an, an easy task. Um, you know, hats off to our, to our team. Um, they, they did a tremendous job. It, it's essentially what, what it was, um, was the, um, the refocusing on higher margin margin clients during COVID and getting rid of some of the um, the lower margin business lines, um, but obviously when, when you start to cut those back, you see that 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 they call it the hockey stick, right? Very very popular in Canada, um, but yeah. So we 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 hit that V and we emerged from it and we're tracking back upwards, um, and we've got room to go. We absolutely have room to go. And that's the exciting part about it. Being able to tell investors that that yes, we've already we've already moved down on the revs, back up on the revs, and gross margins have more than doubled. Yeah, that's a great that's a great restructuring of your income statement. That's for sure. Let's go to the story because look, like all great tech stories, you guys are cutting edge, uh, which also means you're not selling widgets, and it's uh, and we got to take the time to describe. Uh, and really illustrate to the shareholders what you guys are doing because I think it's fantastic. Uh, pop up a, a screen there. You're gonna you're gonna share something with us for, for us to go together, right? Yes, I am. Um, 
bear with me for a second here. Yep, take um, your time. I, I, okay, and, and let me give a little context real, real quick. Um, our, our story has not been an easy one to A, explain, or B, for, for broad a broad swath of investors to go, oh yeah, I, I get it. I see what they do. So this week I have restructured all the messaging and tried to, 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 to put, put it forth in a simple way. Um, so what I'd like to do is, is very quickly just describe what we do yeah, so, for that, sure. so that anyone new here can get it. Um, so are you able to see that? Yep. Overview of the logic business units and rationale for separating them. Yes. Something okay. we talked about last time. Let's get exactly. into it. Exactly. Exactly. So, so the, the, the rat, before I describe what we do where in, in a simpler way, um, let me describe what, we, what we're going to do with those and why. So, so if you look at our, our business, if you look at logic, we've got two business units or, or two, or two uh, subsidiaries, if you will. One of them is named AppLogic, and the other one is named DataLogic. Um, AppLogic, we work in emerging markets. What are those? Those are places that are far behind the US, um, in Canada, in Europe, and catching up. Um, a lot of opportunity there because um, younger companies become bigger companies. Um, lower income consumers and demographic um, segments increase, uh, thereby creating more opportunity. Um, and so we've had a specific focus through AppLogic on emerging markets. And that goes back to when we started um, six years ago. And what I love about AppLogic is that here's George, I'm in Malaysia or Southeast Asia somewhere, and I need a mobile store uh, I can't use Shopify and you guys make it simple by app logic saying, Hey, George, you want to sell widgets? Here it is real simple uh, mobile app creator and you're in business. I know I'm oversimplifying that, but, no, but actually that's you're not. That, that's, having that, so much success. That, that really is it. And, and we, we, from the, from the start, we designed it to, to make it simple because when you look at small businesses, it's usually, you know, mom and pop, right? There, there, there's just a couple of people in there. Maybe they've got a very small staff. Maybe the, the kids work there. Um, they don't have time to be building apps, right? And so although they realize it's important, unless it's super simple, they're not going to do it. And so from the beginning, it's always been simple. Um, so, so what we do in, in, in these emerging markets is exactly what you said. It's actually called FinTech. <laughs> or financial technology because there's pain, there's other stuff involved, which I'll get to in the, in, in the next slide. Um, but just to, to, to give a very easy to understand um, description of AppLogic, we work in emerging markets, we do financial technology or the buzzword is FinTech. Um, the other side of the business, DataLogic, um, we do online advertising, online marketing and what's called lead generation. Now, what is that stuff? That is helping businesses that are already online find new customers, get in front of them. So those two business units um, within Logic, um, we've tried to tell the story that they make a lot of sense, um, and they do, but when we've gotten in front of analysts and institutional investors, they look at it and say, yeah, yeah, you can connect the dots, but in reality, if you were a, a standalone emerging markets fintech company and you had a standalone um, 
advertising, marketing, and lead generation, or as they call it, ad tech uh, company, your valuations would probably be a lot more what your peers are, which I'll talk about shortly. So we made the decision, and I touched upon it last time, to separate the two, but really separate them. We are going to, to take the AppLogic business public on its own. Shareholders buying into Logic Inc. will receive shares of AppLogic. Okay, they can always buy them later after we're public, but but I believe that that the better way to go is to buy our shares now and get the get the spin out shares. We'll be talking about that a lot um, very shortly because, as we had also mentioned, we intend to complete that before year's end. I've got a more aggressive timeline that that legal counsel suggested I not go into, but um, I but think that's that, the entrepreneurial side of you. Yeah, too. That's right. That's right. So we, we, we're going to get it done because it's extremely important to us and to shareholders. Um, we call it a pure play, a separation spinoff. Um, and again, the valuations are considerably higher. Once those two are separated out, we will continue to grow those um, through internal or organic growth as it's called. And M&A. And so I'll talk about that uh, shortly. So, all right. But so that's a great description, you know, and in fairness to you guys, uh, it just requires that the only reason people might have difficulty right away wrapping minds around it is because this is all very new, right? These are still very new kind of businesses. So now yeah. that you've described it there, it's easy to understand. App logic is the app. Data logic is the data side, marketing, commerce, pretty simple. Let's hit the next slide. Okay, so th this 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 digs down a little deeper and in, into my simplified description, but I kept it simple as well, because the four things we do in, in AppLogic, um, if you look at the buzzwords, they're not always so easy to understand. Um, what I did is I just framed out um, where we operate. So when we say emerging markets and people go, oh, well, where? Um, Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore, Philippines, Vietnam, that's in Southeast Asia. Um, big emerging markets there. Um, we just entered into Africa through, through a Nigeria partnership. Um, so those emerging markets, there's 400 million people, um, actually more than that, if you, if you include all those countries, there's close yeah, to yeah, definitely, million. Especially Indonesia, just on its own. Yeah. So uh, what do we do there? All right. We've got- And, and by the way, Nigeria, Brent, you guys are in a great place because I've been hearing that Nigeria by you know, 2050 uh, may be the most populous country in the world. Uh, based on how fast they're growing, China's slowing, India's slowing, Nigeria. So you are, it's no longer just emerging markets. These are really strong growth markets. They are, they are. And, 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 on, and on, a, on another slide, which again, I'll keep brief. Um, I, I highlighted a couple of companies that, that are operating in these, in these markets and, and how they've done. But just to touch upon what we do there, just so, so our viewers know, um, we have an e-wallet. What is that? That's basically money on, 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 on this, on the phone. So you can pay for stuff through the phone. Okay. Delivery and logistics. What is that? Okay. So if you pay for something on the phone, that means you ordered it on the phone and it's got to get to you at, at home or at work delivery and logistics. That's getting it there. All that's done through one of our apps. Um, microfinance. What's microfinance? Oh, that's well, great. Borrowing money in advance of your paycheck through an app. Okay, borrowing money against your, your, your savings done through an app. That's what microfinance is. And then finally, the thing that you described earlier, the, the do-it-yourself app for small businesses, um, that's our small business app. Um, again, it's 
built on the phone. It's access through the phone. It's for people with smartphones. And those are the four things we do in very simple terms. If anyone wants greater detail, it's on our website. Um, but well, I think- important, that, Brent, is simple terms, but you guys are succeeding. You know, it's one thing for GeorgeCom uh, app to say, we're going to do e-wallets, deliver logistics, microfinancing, and a small business app. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to kick ass. But you guys are actually doing it. We, we're, we're, we're certainly putting our, be our best feet forward. So uh, we're excited about it. Um, just touching upon data logic very quickly, what do, we, what do we do? Three things. We help companies advertise their stuff. We help them market their stuff. And then we, we help them find leads. Leads are people who buy that stuff. And all that's done through artificial intelligence, um, a lot of complex um, algorithms and you know that you, you see where, where it can get very complicated very quickly but you don't have to understand all that all we do is we help small businesses get their stuff in front of people who want to buy that stuff and then and, um, and is that for Southeast Asia also or does that apply to any any you know North America and any and any other markets that that's that's a good point because therein lies the reason for splitting the company into two parts. Although small businesses need advertising and marketing and lead generation in emerging markets, what they really need is they just need the presence here because they still get a lot of foot traffic. So people already know who they are and where they are, but when they want to buy something, they already know how to find them. They don't need to be advertised to. So, so emerging markets are still far, further behind the curve for you know, advertising, marketing, lead generation. And by the same token, businesses here in North America, Shopify and big commerce and Wix dominate that space. So th there's, a, there's a real solid reason for separating the two because although yeah. you could say small businesses need this and um, the ones advertising need to be online, well, they're already online and they already got there by way of Shopify. And then these folks in emerging markets, they just need to be online. So separating it into the pure plays made a lot of sense because maybe in seven or eight years, um, all this stuff will merge together. But right now, um, being separated out uh, would, would, would lead to higher valuations, which I wanted to talk about, which I think that's the... And I was about to ask you that. I was about to say, let's talk about the valuations and what yeah. you guys are seeing out there. That's right, because because I think that's what investors really want to hear. They want to hear, okay, where are you guys valued? What are your peers valued at? And, and what are you going to do to get there? And, and how are we going to make money? Okay, it's, it's pretty straightforward. So um, there's not a lot of emerging markets, fintech companies that trade in the U.S. There's just a handful. And the handful are, are the ones I just outlined here. Grab, which operates in Southeast Asia, they're going public through a SPAC that'll close this quarter. Um, share price is moderate, modest, but look at the market cap, $45 billion. Now, Devil's Advocate, what kind of revenue are they doing? Because you got to just... Uh... They're, they're doing, yeah, they're doing about $2 billion. So they're valued at about uh, 22 times revenues. So right. they got a big valuation multiple. Uh, so there's, yeah, there's and if you applied that to you guys where you're doing you know, last year, you essentially did $40 million of revenue. You're talking about an 800 to $900 million market cap. If you, you apply you, the same multiple, you can get there real quick. Um, another company in the, in, in, in this sector, SEA, 350 bucks a share. Actually, last time I was on here, they were below 300. That's been a monster. It's got a $200 billion market cap. 
Southeast Asia. Unbelievable. Okay. Trading at about 70 times revenues. So it's uh, another big valuation. Um, go to, um, that's coming public through a SPAC. Everyone will see that next month. I know because I know those guys. Um, $40 billion estimated market cap. Another big one. Also trading at about 25 times revenues. Uh, Jumia, when you, when you mentioned Nigeria earlier, Jumia um, is, is a relatively new entrant. I think um, a year and a half ago, they've got a $1.8 billion market cap. They started at $100 million and you know, they're up 18x in, in, I think, about a year and a half, two years. Um, ca clearly capitalizing on Nigeria. Um, then you've got Peak FinTech, uh, Canadian company, friend um, of Agoracom. They're they're on Agoracom. Okay, there you go. So so all right. So your 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 viewers will, will if they look back three months ago, they'll see the share price. I think it was two. Um, Peak FinTech is a great example, which I was I actually have them on another slide because what we're doing now is 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 analogous to what they did. And I think everyone who, who owned who owned it from two and has held it till now. I mean, they're up, you know, they're up four, four, four and a half X, right? Yep. Um, and yep. they're and they're clearly not stopping there. Um, so tr so clearly, investors saw saw the opportunity in a micro cap going to small cap um, space. So we think we'll do the same. Um, and then there's another huge one uh, that operates in in Brazil, Mercado Libre. Um, 76 billion. The point about these is that there's not a lot out there to choose from. And the ones that you can choose from are either these big gargantuan market caps or the small ones like us or peak. And can you narrow that gap? Yes. Um, the way we're going to start off with AppLogic, we're looking to value it when we spin it off at around 100 million. So it should have a lot of room to go. Yeah, that, and that's great. That's a great way to put it to perspective. So on, so how are we going to unlock value for what is is going to remain in Logic Inc? That will be Data Logic, the advertising, marketing, and lead generation service. We are going to grow through strategic mergers and acquisitions. Actually, the way that we built Data Logic was through through three acquisitions. But most of that, George, was acquiring IP and technology. We've grown that just that segment of the business uh, to 25 million in revenues. We intend to grow it next year, both internally and through M&A up to 50 to 75 million. And then the following year- That's tremendous growth. Oh, that's, that's, that's two to three times where, uh, where you guys get up in 2021. It, it becomes, it becomes um, enabled by a higher share price and a higher market cap, much like uh, Peak FinTech did, which I'll, I will describe in the next one. Let me get through this, and then, and then I think sure. there's even more excitement here. So we intend wow. to build up to 150 to 200 million through M&A and internal growth and be profitable by 2023. Um, and the reason why is because the valuations in this sector, not only are they huge, but what enabled these companies to grow so fast is the public markets. All right. You look at, at, at Magnite, Trade Desk, Lightspeed, another Canadian company. Yep. Um, Inuvo, a little smaller. And then LiveRamp, um, big market caps, um, big valuations, an average of 27 times revenues. Um, and here we are, um, Data Logic. And I backed out our, 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 our App Logic revenues just to put it in perspective. We're about a, about a 12th of what the averages are. Okay. So, so here's, here's where it gets interesting for investors. Okay, so we were talking about peak fintech. 
Um, I was on Wall Street Reporter last year, um, and I was in the virtual backstage with, with their CEO, JJ. And I was listening to a story, and I thought, wow, man, that's really cool. Um, we do that stuff in Southeast Asia. Um, their market cap was about the same as ours, um, around $60 million. Um, and for those who don't know them, they're a China-based fintech company. Um, we operate in, in Nigeria and Indonesia. Um, but literally, since the time that I was on with them, their market cap has just exploded. But it's really done that just right here. If you can see that little that little hand on the cursor, just in a couple of months, their stock. Yeah, that's when they started. That's when they started telling the world, "Here's where we're going," and giving revenue guidance and telling the world where they're going. Absolutely. And here's the thing: investors that bought in at two and three and four, the way that so they rewarded peak fintech with a higher value. Okay. Peak FinTech in turn rewarded them because they went out and they used their stock in a and made some acquisitions and raised capital for expansion and in turn justified why it should be at an even higher price. And so they were further rewarded by an even higher market cap. And then they got uplisted um, and they've, they've raised 40 million, acquired two companies and look at where they are now. I mean, it's, it's been a major success story. Can we do that? We are doing that. Um, I wouldn't say it's a me too. Um, and with all due respect to their team, and I don't want to seem like I'm bragging, but literally when I was 19, 20, 21, I was working at Bear Stearns in, in the M&A department. So, you know, well, most of my buddies were, were, were going to keg parties. We were actually doing some of the biggest M&A transactions in the late 80s and early 90s. Things like um, RJR Nabisco and Kraft, Philip Morris, um, and all the airline mergers and acquisitions. at the gate. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, so do I know how to how to engineer M and A with my team? Yes. So we will absolutely do the same thing as our market cap increases. Um, I've also mentioned on here Lightspeed, another Canadian company, monster, seven hundred million to seventeen billion in eighteen months. And how did they do it? Same way. Investors rewarded them. They rewarded investors. They've grown through M&A. They've grown through expansion capital. And now here they are. Uh, they, they've become- 700 million to 17 billion. Massive, massive. So same thing. And so that's, that's what we're doing. Conclusion, um, I tried to, to, to take a, a conservative and an aggressive um, scenario here. Two separately traded public companies. You take the same valuation metrics. Um, lower end potential, 235 million, higher end, a billion. We're going to try to get there pretty quick. Um, what will that do for investors? Four to 16x if we're valued at similar valuations to our peers. But that's my story. And you know what? I'm going to play devil's advocate here too, because I want to make sure people see both sides. But look, to me, if, if you weren't generating revenue, if you didn't have customers, this would be pie in the sky kind of talk because everyone can put together uh, a deck, right? With, with comparables, like that's what, that's what George Com's going to be. We're going to be like peak fintech and I don't have anything going on, going on, but you guys do have it going on. So you're already there at $40 million in revenue just for 2020, right? And you're going to do that. You're right. So, the, so what are the risks involved here? Because And risk doesn't mean fatal. Risk doesn't mean flaw. Every company has risks here. What are the risks that you see that may, may, may be hurdles uh, in your growth? That, that's, that, that is a, a great point. Um, execution risk. And, 
and expansion risk. I would say on the on the let's take expansion first. So our our core business, um, we we went through the hard part last year, restructuring the business so that we could attack a higher margin profile. Um, we believe that we have de-risked that for investors. Um, we will through expansion capital, step up sales and marketing teams internally. So, so we, we believe that the hard part again was last year. So we've de-risked a lot of the, the expansion uh, risk out of it. When I say execution risk, that's more on, can we find the acquisition targets um, on both sides? Um, I got to assume it's a target rich environment, Brent. There are a lot of good companies out there yep. that have gotten to a certain stage but they don't know how to get a liquidity event. They don't know how to go public or they, or they just don't want to go through the hassle. Right? I, I know for a fact, Agoracom would want to go public, but if I was acquired by a major media company, I'd be much more willing to do that. Even though I could probably get a better valuation going public, I don't want to, I want to deal with my operation. So is it a target rich environment out, out there for you? Cause it, I'm assuming it, it's only growing. It, it absolutely is. And, and, and what I would say is that, if you look at the two business segments and, 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 and if we were starting fresh, we would essentially have to cast the nets out, start to meet people, start to tell them the story. That, that takes a while. That takes a good three months, six months, um, just to get people in front of you and, and, and have them um, understand what, where you're going. Okay? Yeah, why should they believe in you? Else? Why should they put their company to your hands? That makes it very, very difficult. But you guys are way—you you guys are way past that. Now. We are, we are, and I'll tell you why. Because, because on the AppLogic side, you look at our strategic partners and you look at who we've formed relationships with over the past four years since we've been operating um, in in emerging markets. Um, and without letting too much out there, they're all private companies, and they all are yeah. looking at their peers going public in the U.S. and they're thinking, okay. What if we merge in with AppLogic when they spin off? Now, I think we've indicated that, so I'm not giving any inside information, but I think that's what investors would look at. So that reduces the execution risk because they already know us and they know us well. So going public through us in, on, a, on a merger basis makes a lot of sense. If you look at DataLogic, how did we build DataLogic? Three acquisitions in, in the past 17 months um, along the way, we also met other companies. They didn't necessarily have strong intellectual property, but they did have um, great sales teams. They have, they have revenueing business. Actually, a lot of them are profitable, George. And so we've, we've gone back in over this past two months and we've, we've said, hey, look, we're gonna expand through M&A. We'd like to revisit things. And I'll tell you, it's, 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 it is very target rich. And the beauty of it, is that even if a merger doesn't come out of, of discussions with a particular company, there's a great business fit. So we'll, we'll partner with them or they'll become a customer or vice versa and, and everyone wins. Um, and, and just you know, for reference, we're having two to three calls a day, almost wow, every I mean, day. If you told me two to three calls a month, I'd be impressed. Well, we're, we, we are super aggressive. I mean, I, I spent, gosh, I was on, I was busy yesterday for 14 hours and, Although I didn't love it, it was it was exciting because um, that's the tempo we're operating at. And so, from an investor perspective, we are absolutely out there. Uh, we will find the things that put that that put this plan in place, and will justify a higher market cap. And we will reward investors as they reward us with a higher market cap. Yeah, and that's why I want to ask you some of the tough questions too, because it can't be just all unicorns and rainbows, but. 
Yeah, you, you guys have got this figured out. I think the only question, this is my opinion, I'm not putting words in Brent's mouth, but the only question now is degree of success. I don't think, uh, I don't think that there's any more question about where the company's going to be in 2023. It's only a case of degree of success now. I think that last question for you, Brent. Uh, as you do spin outs and as you strength up companies, MA and so on and so forth, you're on two great exchanges right now. You're on the NEO in Canada and you're uh, and you're on the OTC uh, at the at the at the highest levels, right? You're at the OTC QX mm-hmm. in the US. But any, you know, you talk about peak fintech, how they they they're making their move for the NASDAQ and other companies we've seen do the same thing. Is are, do you guys have your 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 sights set on that as well? Great, great point. Um, we had a press release out today. Um, the headline has to do with one of your competitors, Wall Street Reporter. But the real oh, we all love each other. We're good. <laughs> yeah, Jack, Jack. Jack's a great guy. Um, if you if you if you read down below that, what you'll see is, is uh, a, a a sort of a soft shoe description on on why we have um, advanced our NASDAQ application um, and why we qualify. Um, you know, we can't speak a lot about it, but I think yeah. if yeah, you're, you're withheld from saying much in this process. That, that's right. But I think if investors take a look at, at, at what we just did, we just went through the due diligence process with the, the Ontario Securities Regulators and the NEO Exchange, um, which was uh, quite long and, 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 and uh, elaborate. It took about four months to clear due diligence. Um, but that was Not one easy. of the things that's one of the things that NASDAQ lo- lo- looks at. Um, and they look very strongly at that. Um, Incidentally, we qualify across the board, even on the share price side. I know some investors say uh, or think, don't you have to be at four or five dollars as an initial listing? Yes. As an existing listing, there's also a three dollar and a two dollar tier. So on the two dollar tier, that's a 50 million dollar market cap. We're there. Um, Actually, we're higher than that. Um, And so we do qualify all the other quantitative stuff. Absolutely. Um, When do we hope to do that? Um, we're trying to get a timeline by mid to late November. I know it sounds aggressive, but uh, wow, possibly. that's that that's fast. Okay. Well, we're running we're running there, and uh, our file's been in, and uh, you know we we cleared due diligence at the Neo and the OSC, so uh, should be a little little more straightforward. We might have a great U.S. Thanksgiving potentially. Hopefully, Brent. Thanks for taking the time, man. Uh, to really go through i i and you and i spoke about this one time we said let's go through visually a little more detail about app about you know about both sides of the both division of the company great job uh i think we all see where the growth is going i think we all see the logic pardon the pun in why you're separating the two divisions and it looks like you and i can be back on a lot more in november with more happening so and by the way I know it's preliminary, but again, great Q3 numbers because that's the most important thing for me. In the small cap world, guys, and I'm talking to investors, obviously I'm talking to Brent. In the small cap world, there's a lot of people talking the talk. You know, George called widgets. We're going to be the number one widget company in the world. And my sales are $100,000 and I'm, you know, just promoting. But in this case, you know, great revenue, $7.7 million for Q3. And almost doubling, you know, your growth, pretty much doubling your gross margin. You're hitting out of the park. As a shareholder, I, I want to say congratulations to you and the whole team. And I can't wait to see what you guys can deliver uh, as we finish off the year uh, nicely here in 2021. Terrific. Well, George, thank you very much. 
For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Brent Suen, he's president and executive chairman of Logic Inc. Trades in both Canada and the U.S. on the stock symbol LGIQ at the highest of exchanges, which is great. For those who are new to the story because you saw this big headline or you've seen this video for the first time, two ways to do your due diligence. First, get to the company's profile page on Agoracom because you know Brent's already done a great job here, but we've also got a little more breakdown there for you as well to really understand the company. And then, of course, hop over to the company's website, do your deep dive due diligence if you believe in the future of e-commerce, if you believe in the future of you know, emerging markets. Now, they need to get in the game then logic is your company. I can't tell you what to do, but I can tell you, don't tell me 12 months from now, we didn't tell you so. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this video is over, but don't forget to help your company by liking it and even leaving a comment below. And then don't forget to help yourself by subscribing to our channel and never missing another great Agoracom small cap video.